Good morning and welcome to Coffee with the Sarlows. I'm Kelly. Good morning, I'm Karen. We're going to start off with show notes as usual. We have our Evening with Medium events coming up in 2019 on April 26th, August 23rd, and December 13th. Tickets are on sale now on the website by sarlo.com. And while you're on the website, stay there and click on shop because we now have coffee mugs so that you can join us on Saturday mornings for Coffee with the Sarlos and Sips of Sanity in your own coffee mug. Speaking of which, Sips of Sanity is our second podcast series. It airs at the beginning of every single month, Monday through Friday for that first week. We pick one topic and we kind of break it down into five manageable pieces or bite-sized shows over that week to equip you with emotional intelligence and intuitive intelligence. You can also purchase gift certificates for personal sessions with either Karen or Kelly. And you can contact us by going to bysarlo.com and filling out one of the forms, giving us your contact information, and one of us will get back to you to set that up. And last but not least, we have gift certificates available. You can purchase those through the website or you can contact us directly. Personal sessions can be purchased from and received anywhere in the world. Today's story is about a gentleman named Mark. He comes for a personal treatment, Cal, because he wants to figure out a few things about what's going on in his life, which is going to bring up soul contracts. It's going to bring up some of his patterns. His spirit guides are going to come in and help him with his future. So it's a little mix match of a whole bunch of things that we do for clients to help them figure out maybe why they're not happy currently, why they feel they've been stuck in patterns so far in a lifetime, and is there any freaking hope here that this shit show is going to change? <laughs> Eloquent. <laughs> I want to point out too, before you begin, that typically clients come in with a rough idea of why they think they're unhappy, but the intention of the soul contracts or hearing from the guides actually gets down to the heart of the matter or what we would refer to as the belief system. And that is why essentially we are unhappy. And that is exactly why when he heard what we do, he called and booked the appointment. So this is a gentleman and he's in, Mark is in, I'd say mid fifties to late fifties and he's been single. So his spirit guide started with that affirmation. First of all, saying you're a single person. And he said, yes. And you want to know what the fuck is up with single? How come I haven't had a partner? How come I haven't been married? in this life. And he said, mm hmm, <laughs> that is one of the reasons I've come. I do want answers. I want to know why this is. Well, we went right into past lives at that point. So his spirit guides just started showing me things like I'm watching a TV screen in front of me. So Mark was quiet. He knew what I was doing in the sense of I'm getting some type of information and that he has to just wait a little bit. So kindly, he sits there giving me silence and permission to do what I'm doing, which was just lovely. And during that period of time, Cal, his spirit guide showed me lifetime after lifetime where he had picked single prior. And the reason for it was to be able to find in one lifetime his way through religion. And he looked at me and he went, are you kidding me? And I said, no. He goes, well, I did it again. <laughs> Oops. Yes. Jesus, you'd have to be single to find your way through religion and have all of that energy. <laughs> he, he's, those were his comments. 
so when I went to try and explain that to him, he just kind of put his hand up and went, um, you don't actually have to go into too much detail. <laughs> I got it. Yes. He said, I actually went into Catholicism, was raised in it, and thought I was going to be a priest. Thought I was going to go through that system. And in that process, discovered it wasn't something that I wanted to do. That I wanted a spirituality, but that I wanted to be able to think for myself, to research, to be able to see arguments, different points of view. That I had to grow up and make my own decisions about things and not just take what other people said. Even if stories conflicted, if there were absolute proof that things weren't true, that I was still going to be required to not only believe it, but to teach it to other people. So I said, well, this is interesting. I said, because you're going to see a pattern from lifetime to lifetime, where then you go in and you become a monk. You actually go into another lifetime of being single again, and male again. He picks being a male many times in many lifetimes. And in the lifetime with the monk, he looked for quiet. He looked for just living a spiritual life instead of preaching one. So in the lifetime as monk, he chooses self-reflection instead of studying something and then trying to have other people believe what he studies. In another lifetime, Mark picks being a male again, but he chooses to be in a partnership with a female married in that lifetime, but he loses himself in it. He loses his thoughts, he loses his identity to the partnership, not just to what another person thinks and having her tell me how to think, but also what to do, what he's not allowed to do, what career he can have, what he can eat. There's so much control in the partnership like there was in a religion. Isn't that interesting, eh, Kel? Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and factual. Yeah. So there's so much control, and his spirit sees it over and over again, that he's always giving up his own identity to either the religion and its beliefs and structures and routines, or to a female partner. So he chooses this lifetime as single, right to this point up into his mid 50s, not as a punishment, but as an absolute opportunity to think for himself, to choose things for himself, to evaluate, to decide how he wants to live, the color of his walls, what type of food he wants to eat, what type of career he wants, what he wants to do with a Friday night, what does he want in all aspects of his life. So I want to chime in and say that for any female listener who is there thinking, well, I could be a partner to that kind of a person and I wouldn't want to control them. That's all well and good. But we're talking about breaking patterns. And for someone who is so steeped from lifetime to lifetime in the pattern itself of being absorbed into a different identity, i.e. religion or relationships, whether or not you are that type of person, this individual, like Mark, is already conditioned to be absorbed into a personality, whether you're initiating the control or not. That's beautifully said. Thank you. Yeah, because I it's not that partnerships aren't possible. And it's not to say that there can't be great women who model good influences. It just means that regardless of gender, if you're in the condition patterning, you're going to continue on unless you have that consciousness brought to you. It's one of the things that the guide said that he wanted in this lifetime, and that was time. It was time to break those patterns. It was time 
for him to be able to think positively and create new positive thoughts, new positive belief systems that he finds on his own and that he was to enjoy the process. I loved the look on his face when he heard that. There was such a moment, Kelly, where he just, it's almost like he sunk into his own body. Well, I think it gives you permission back. Permission to just experience what you're talking about as freedom instead of failure. Hmm. You know, he said at one point, Cal, as he was looking out the window and not looking at me, and you could see that he was really deeply thinking and that he just wanted somebody to hear his thoughts. He said to me, and I think to his own spirit, I want a woman who's going to let me believe or have me believe or help me believe that I'm attractive. I want a partner who's going to tell me that I'm smart. I want a partner who's going to say that I'm a good person. So many of his comments when he was quiet in those moments had to do with what he needed. It wasn't what he was going to give to a partnership with anybody. It was what he was still working on. So when he stopped, he just kind of sat and looked at me and it didn't dawn on him what he had done, what he had said. And he's listening to that. There's a recording. He recorded the session. So his spirit guides encouraged him at that point to go back and to listen to the voice recording and to pay attention to those thoughts and for him to just sit with his own thoughts about what he thought he wanted in partnership with a woman. I like this because it's a gentleman in his mid-50s that this story is about. It's not a 16-year-old girl. It's not a 20-year-old girl, female, where quite often we think those are the thoughts of women, of the female gender. It made me pause and think. Hopefully it makes him pause and think. Do I give those things to myself first? Do I figure that out? And that's one of the things that the guides then approached in the session with him. As you're talking, I keep thinking back to that monk life that you mentioned before, because that life of self-reflection is a lifetime in which you have to give all those things to yourself, but also learn how to detach from those desires to be thought of as desirable, to be told and affirmed that you're a good person. You fulfill those needs or have those needs fulfilled by the reflection on how you live. So he would have gone through that process in a different lifetime with different circumstances. Yes, and those those tools came forward in the session. And I also want to point out that in an Eastern culture, where Buddhism arises from, monk life, it's a we, it's a collective thought. It's, am I a good person to my community? Am I a good person contributing to this world? Whether it's a human existence or an animal existence, how I'm interacting with life itself. And yet he's going through the same reflective process in the Western hemisphere, where it is, how come I'm not validated? Where is the community or individuals validating me? And yet they're there, Kelly. They are there and they pointed them out to him that he actually is a person who does go out into the community and give and they do tell him how valuable he is. 
So he's deciding consciously or subconsciously that who is offering those needs to him don't count. That's right. Or aren't valued because you're not female or you're not my sexual partner. That's correct. Hmm. So society was showing up to say, I see you, I hear you, I know you, I value you. But he wasn't putting any emphasis on that. He says he does, but he doesn't truly. There is more importance in his life that it's the single female that stands in front of him to validate him. And I think that's important for a lot of listeners to hear. Because quite often, some might think, geez, I just thought women did shit like that. And women do do shit like that, too. We do struggle with the very same thing. But at the end of the day, it's a human experience. Oh, it's not a gender experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's part of my point that I'm hoping people are going to listen to that you're expressing better than me right now. (laughs) (laughs) That it's not just a partner that validates and meets our needs. It's our community around us. Yeah. And if we put too much emphasis on that, this person has to do this for us, then that is a huge weight to bear on them to make sure they show up in your life and pump that up for you every day or every time you need it. Mm -hmm. as opposed to letting other people do that for us. And that we have a responsibility in that, that we feel filled up in the giving. Mm -hmm. And that you're enjoying what you do. Say it's playing an instrument, singing for them, um, walking their dog, whatever it is that you're doing, it's the action itself that you enjoy. And that that is what fills you up. And that actually later, if you want, that you feel proud that there's self-esteem and that you're participating in your community, but that you're not just sitting there waiting for one person to constantly give that to you. Yes, because for those of you who are in the partnerships, you have to now know at whatever age you are that you can't be everything to your partner. And Mm -hmm. so if your partner's specifically struggling with something in a day or they're distracted, they've got deadlines, something's going on where it's just not about you. You don't have to feel deprived in your relationship. I had a beautiful moment the other day. Amanda and I were taking a yoga class together and we both ended up on our sides, but for whatever reason, opposite sides. So we ended up facing each other and we both opened our eyes at the same time, which we weren't supposed to do. (laughs) And she looks at me and she goes, you're so beautiful. And in that moment, by my very best friend, who's the same gender as me, I got to feel beautiful and filled up. Mm -hmm. She was saying with those words, I see you Mm -hmm. and I feel you. Yeah. And I, I, who would pass that up? Who, who values love would pass that up? Yeah, that's the key. Mm -hmm. And now I don't go home mad that my partner didn't tell me I was beautiful that day. Mm-hmm. He or she is having their own experience, and it's not on them to make me feel beautiful every day. Well, I think very much, Kelly, what we're talking about here is codependence versus interdependent people. Mm-hmm. I also want to say that when she said that to me, she did not pick on a body part. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if she was just referring to my breath work or if she was referring to the fact that we were spending quality time together. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what her context was in deciding in that moment to tell me I was beautiful, but I accepted. You accepted without having to ask or to know. Yes, because she saw something of value in me in that moment 
And that in and of itself is wonderful. Yeah, and some people would be not okay. They would have anxiety right now listening to those comments by you. Yes. They would have a full anxiety of, but I need to know. I have to know what it is. But they also, those those individuals who are struggling in whatever way they are, have to know so that they can say, yes, I agree, or no, I don't. Mm -hmm. Because if she said to me, your eyebrows look beautiful today, because that's a huge fucking focus lately, then I I could sit there and say, yes, I agree, I just had them done. Or if she said, your heart is so beautiful, I might sit there and go, oh, no, I'm not worthy of that comment. Mm. Right? So instead of having to judge whether or not I believed she was right or that her value system matches mine or is of the same kind of value as mine I could just let it be and Mm -hmm. feel appreciated Mm -hmm. and imagine that it's anything that you want it to be to fill you up which is just full of joy and curiosity and playfulness now yes because in that very moment where I can lay next to my best friend and know right there this is my best friend there's a part of me in the good part of my heart and soul that wants to know she feels I'm contributing to the relationship as much as I love and value her. Mm -hmm. So when she offers me that statement, I feel equal. I feel like we're both getting something out of this. Mm -hmm. And I noticed you didn't throw back, oh, you're beautiful too. No, Mm -hmm. I just closed my eyes and said, thank you. Mm -hmm. Because some people, if they think that you didn't offer it back immediately, that you're just being a shitty friend. Right. Actually, her and I make a point, and my partner and I, too, make a point that we don't say it back to each other right away. We say thank you so that the other person can just be appreciated for the effort they've made in the relationship Mm -hmm. to acknowledge something. And that when it's genuine, even if it is in the moment, we just let it be about that in the Mm -hmm. moment. And then later on, we will reciprocate in our own way. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like how you segued out. So I'm going to bring it back in to Mark again. So in asking the question about why he's single, the spirit guides are going to give him a toolkit now about things to to think about, some questions for him to ponder about why he's focusing on a partner and his own life. And he thinks, well, I'm in my mid-50s. I've been focusing on my own life for 55 years. People say to me that I've had all the time in the world to make everything about me. Oh my God, people are dicks. Yeah. So th- here, here lies a whole shaming system from society that a person has been single for 55 years. Freedom versus failure. And why, yeah, and why he's showing up in a session to say, why have I been punished? Because society makes him feel that this has been a punishment, that something is wrong with him, instead of that it's a process for his soul. And that he's being given a gift of time not to have a partner, not to have children. Not a punishment, Kelly, a gift. And so many people who are in couples and even other single people, including religious systems, social structures, make single people feel badly. They make them feel like they're failures. And so here he is showing up to talk to his soul to say, why are you punishing me? And it's coming back saying, but I love you. These are the things you and I worked out together that were good for you. Never mind society, whatever the hell it thinks. This is in your best interest for growth. 
So as listeners are going to hear over the last couple shows, couple months, I'm really into bones. And something that I really value about her as an anthropological forensic scientist, she will often say when she's having a Western experience, I don't think I identify with that. I think I like the way this tribe sees things or Mm -hmm. views things or how they implement. So she's studied all kinds of cultures around the world and how they perceive how they interact with each other and their environment. And she'll say in very, very autistic or spectrum kind of vocabulary, I identify more with. And she leaves her options open Mm -hmm. as opposed to identifying with DC. Oh, I really like that. It's perfect. Maybe people can hear this today and give themselves a new freedom, a, a new perspective, a new right to be able to say to people who shame them, I don't identify with that. Yeah, because in other cultures or tribes, maybe your position or your circumstances are revered. I'm hoping today that people who are coming out of a committed relationship, like a marriage, or just living together, whatever your committed partnership was, that they can sit down and pause today and not feel ashamed. And I say that because society puts that on again in certain cultures And maybe societies all over the world shame the divorce process. I don't know. But your point being from that Bones show is an invitation to people to say, what do I want to look at when my girlfriends or my guy friends say comments about me that maybe I don't want to absorb anymore? Maybe I don't want to believe or buy into so that you can be a healthier person creating your own new ones. So maybe you go on the internet, you Google cultures, so that you actually could sit down and see how other people treat your process of what you're currently going through. So that if a friend says, oh, you just need to go get laid. Oh, you just need to find a guy. Oh, you just need to settle down with a girl. That you get to sit back and say, no, thank you for your belief system. No, thank you for your comments. Uh, That is going into my garbage can. As is our friendship. Just kidding. Um, One of my favorite quotes is, before you speak, ask yourself, is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it true? Does it improve upon the silence? And I think if you can take those four questions and utilize them as a measurement tool when comments like what you've just said are thrown at us, we can respond appropriately and say, well, no, that wasn't kind. Well, no, that's just not true remember Janice a friend who would say no why would you ask me that no why would you say that to me wonderful questions wonderful statements very great constructive deflective questions yes but and and just to continue forward that was unnecessary Mm -hmm. oh I like that and I've said to people you know silence would have been better yeah and and Kelly I think people really need to hear that it's okay to make those kinds of statements. And if you're afraid to make them, you're a freaking people pleaser. You have to be able to question your own people pleasing. If you just heard all of our questions and all of the statements and went, oh, and winced, because it's like you can't see yourself saying that to your mother. You can't see yourself saying that to your partner or to your friends or to strangers. But that it's time to put on your big girl panties or your big boy panties and be able to say things directly to the bully. 
Mm -hmm. And then if you're listening from the perspective of shit, I've given those comments to other people and you're wincing at the idea of someone saying, I would have appreciated silence compared to your statement, then you need to evaluate your humility and your ability to apologize Mm -hmm. because you too need to go through those statements as questions. Is it kind? Is it necessary? Is it true? Does it improve upon the silence? And be able to say, I'm sorry, that was not kind. I can think right off the top of my head, Kelly, that if somebody said to me, I wished for silence instead of what you just said to me, that my response would be self-reflection immediately. Yeah. And an apology that they that it hurt them. I would want clarity as to how I hurt them. I would want to know because if I'm in a relationship with that person, it would matter to me. I just, it boggles my mind that people who are in relationships would willingly hurt another person and be totally content that they did it or attack them further. So when I read his soul contract and Mark and I were talking about the single and the partner, what was very, very clear was that he is to have a partner in this lifetime, but that he had promised himself that he would not find a person when he was a teenager and needed so many more skills. When he was in his 20s, when he really wanted to focus on education, when he was in his late 20s and 30s and early 40s, when he wanted to focus on finances in his life, discovering who he is in the joys of what can be creative and career, and that he chose to pick a partner when he hit his 50s and early 60s in this lifetime, because he wanted to be able to enjoy all parts of that process by himself and with different people, not focusing on what one partner thinks, what one partner wants, and how their own wants for their lifetime would affect his. Not in selfish, self-centered ways, but in ways that allowed him to get different tools. So by the time he finds a life partner, it would be for probably 20 or 30 years, but that it would come in his mid-50s. He asked the question too, Cal, if he would already know this person. And I find a lot of people ask that in sessions when they want to know about a partner. Do I already know them? That's extremely common. And his spirit guides came through and said, that no, he didn't know this person who was going to be his partner. And that the reason for that was so that they could enjoy every step of the process together as brand new. So that all of the ways that they have changed in a lifetime, all of the patterns that he's worked so hard to dismantle over five and a half decades would be his and his alone. That they weren't interfaced of breaking those patterns together. I think it's the best answer that people can receive is no when it's truthful because I find that they just go right into ignoring the messages from the guides and go back through a list in their head of all the potential people that it could be. Oh yeah, and they'll go right back to high school. I find a lot of people will go back to their high school days wanting to go to someone they already knew. And I think that comes from nervousness. I think that's anxiety as opposed to thinking, that I'm going to meet a brand new person and I'm going to get to start fresh, which some people think is just the most exciting thing ever and others find it completely terrifying. And maybe it's both. Yeah, and why is that a bad thing? And how exciting can that be if it's both, right? There's going to be terror no matter what. 
Yeah, but they think there won't be if they knew them in the past. I, oh, I think it's more terror. Oh. Because then you have to explain how and why you've changed or you have to deal with the fact that they have too. Like there, there's just, there's terror in relationships and I'm not saying that's good or bad. Right. It just exists. Yeah. Because nothing, no one ever stays the same. Mm-hmm. But I think when people think, oh, I just want to know if I knew that person in the past, then they put their head to, well, then I'm safe because I already know them. And that's not true. That's false. It's a false belief. Mm. Cool. Well, that was fun. Yeah, I found his session worthy of sharing with everybody for so many different reasons. Yeah, it's a very common human experience. Mm -hmm. And I think we, we, everyone have something to learn from that, whether you're in a committed relationship or not, staying in one, leaving one, just entering into one, whatever. Mm -hmm. And I hope that people who are in committed relationships stop shaming people that aren't. Mm -hmm. Whether it's a, a complete stranger that you meet or that you invite to your house as a, at a party, a dinner party. I just think there's so many different ways people have to kind of slow themselves down and question how they treat other people and make good changes or at least communicate with more respect and ask about what changes could be made if they just don't know how to handle it. Well, I think that was kind. I think that was absolutely necessary to say. Definitely truthful. And I think this podcast was something that improved upon people's silence about this kind of behavior. Good. If you have questions or comments about today's show, you can email us at info at Otherwise, enjoy your weekend.